Hello! Welcome back, my quaint Corvids, my wonderful little ex-Mormon murder, or, or Mormon murder, whoever's joining me. Corvid lovers alike. I, I don't actually care if you like Corvids, but I do. And if you're watching, yes, this is a crow call, because uh, crows are dope. So are, you know, Corvids in general. Uh, anyway, my wonderful little scavengers, here we are. Uh, back with another just like let's go for it kind of episode. Uh, if you were here last time, <clears throat> pardon me, we uh, did an episode called On Thriving, uh, dealing with some uh, like drama and stuff going on with the Mormon Stories podcast and Open Stories Foundation and Thrive folk. Uh, hey, all, if you're watching. Um, and, uh, yeah, I actually I had some really good response from that, like across the board. Um, I had some individuals from Thrive even reach out and message me and say, hey, thank you for the, for your thoughts. Um, and, you know, now a lot of other things are going on, some things that have kind of been going on for several months. Uh, and, yeah, I don't I don't know with the response I got from the last episode, uh, just going for it uh, and with a similar topic kind of at hand. Um, I thought I'd just give it another go. So, uh, today's episode, oh, I guess before I get into it, uh, over here, I just noticed on this other screen here, just a reminder, this is my epistle. I wrote an epistle. It just means I wrote a letter and I wrote an essay and it's to these people, which means specifically the Mormon church leadership and everyone. So, like, it's for everyone. Uh, anyway, and uh, these are the contents within. Uh, there's an introduction. Uh, the main concept is about the artificial mind over the natural man, uh, or, like, the grace of God kind of concept, uh, and uh, how we are structuring our lives. Construction, deconstruction, reconstruction, non-structure? What's that? Consider the lilies. I think you all know where that's going. <clears throat> and then... In Mormon fashion, we close with a benediction. Um, this has also had really good response. Um, response at some very high level, too. Some interesting uh, voices who have uh, reached out and said that they um, like what's going on here. So you might find it interesting as well. You can find it. Uh, I've already recorded it. It's on here on YouTube or any podcast platform. Uh, you can find it's the episode called The Epistle of Christopher. If you want a copy of the PDF, um, just go to beforethecrowsnest.com and uh, you'll find it in there under like book links and <clears throat> there's a little PDF button. You can just download it. That's what we're looking at here. Uh, <clears throat> and now, sorry, got a little froggy in my throat or something. <sighs> Fuck me. Anyway, <laughs> today's episode on compensation hmm why is this word coming up uh, in my mind now well uh anyone following the mormon stories crowd uh if even not for just the, since at least late november mid-december of last year um there's been talk about uh compensation uh monetarily Though we'll get into some other types. Uh, and uh, there was recently, just yesterday, 
I think it was yesterday. I didn't read it when it was first released because there was a paywall uh, on the article. And though I have a hack to get past the paywall very easily, it wasn't working that day. Uh, but it worked this morning. And I, I read like half the article, skimmed the rest because I had other things to do. Um, but it, yeah, it's regarding uh, John DeLynn's compensation with the Mormon stories, the like goal of Thrive and the questions that were uh, presented to MSP and John from the Salt Lake Tribune. And uh, but also dealing obviously with uh, the Mormon stories and John's response to the matter. Um, and without really getting into what I think about it, uh, which again, kind of like on thriving, uh, doing my best to maintain as neutral, uh, a position as I can, cause I, I don't really care one way or another. I just, I'm in this space. A lot of people, uh, ask for my opinion or like my opinion. Uh, and so I guess, I don't know, I might as well talk about it, um, so, I, yeah, before I get into anything I have to say, let's go into some clips. Uh, the first one, uh, this was back December 1st. Yeah, uh, the let's see, is this the decaffeinated version? Uh, I don't quite remember, and I don't want to skip back to the beginning. Maybe it'll just give me a, an image. No. Okay, anyway, so this first clip uh, is John's response to... Uh, Peggy Fletcher Stack and Tony Simarad at the Salt Lake Tribune and the questions they presented. Um, and uh, for those who are unawares, uh, essentially, and from what I gather, and if John, if you watch this, I'd love to have a rapport with you. Honestly, I've reached out before. We should just do it. Um, your top guest is a friend of mine. You said it. Go. Anyway, you know, uh, we'd get along. I promise you. But uh, where was I? Uh, oh, yeah. For, you know, uh not, I don't think I'm like straw manning uh, John here, but I believe his current concerns with uh, the questions that were presented by the Tribune is that they were not concerned uh, about the positive aspects and the goals of Thrive and the Open Stories Foundation and all the like. Um, instead, it, he was concerned that they had an... Uh, ulterior angle uh concerning uh financial compensation obviously as we're getting into the episode and there was a bit about uh some former board member reporting him to the attorney general uh and the irs <clears throat> and all that kind of going on and so i think he was just concerned uh that they weren't going to be represented uh in the tribune article uh positively um or at least uh with both sides with a with a neutral whatever uh we'll get into all that later but uh yeah I, just for some context and what's going on with this first clip i'm showing is i think that will that's where john was coming from these were his concerns uh and what happened here in the clip i'm showing uh if i remember right uh, he first responded and, uh, the next day or whenever he kind of felt that he was a bit, uh, miffed, apoplectic, uh, just too heightened, uh, you know, angry. He felt he'd, uh, 
didn't have control of his emotions in his responses like he would have preferred, which is acceptable. Um, and so he uploaded, which I think is this one that I've got here that I'm clipping, uh, what he called the decaffeinated version of his response, um, just to kind of say like, oh, you know, I had some time to think about it. I've had, you know, less Red Bulls today or whatever it was. I don't know. Uh, and, you know, I just like to, to respond again, um, which I think is just fine. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, yeah, that's, so that's the clip I'm, I've got here and, uh, when this one's done, I'm just going to jump right into the next one. So we're going to be listening to some clips for a moment. Uh, this first one is, uh, it was uploaded, Mormon Stories Podcast, December 1st, 2021. Title is Mormon Stories Transparency Q&A for Peggy Fletcher Stack and Tony, Tony Semerad, Salt Lake Tribune, 1121. Um, so yeah, here we go. World, And we're proud of it. So that, you know, Peggy or... Um, you know, uh, Salt Lake Tribune reporters, Tony, will you please state that as our explicit goal? Because that is what we're doing. And um, that's what we're trying to do. And I would love that to be included in whatever article you release. Um, and I will also state that we do not do this for the money. Clinton Jenny definitely don't do this for the money because they've only lost tens of thousands of dollars. But even Margie and Natasha and I and others, we don't do this for the money. I could have made so much more money working for Microsoft. I had a great job there, great retirement, uh, stock options, over $200,000 a year. I would be a I'd probably be worth five to $10 million right now if I'd stayed at Microsoft, given what its stock has done and what my career trajectory would have been. We don't do this for the money. I didn't leave my job and go 10 years without a, a reasonable salary benefits retirement, without healthcare for my children. We did not, a family, we did, in many of those years, we did not do this for the money. Margie and I didn't make these sacrifices for the money. We did this to help people. But I knew that at some point um, I needed a, a, a salary and compensation that was comparable to my market value to be able to uh, continue it. So we need money. We need financial support to do this. Um, and honestly, the moment the financial support dries up, we will go on uh, to do other things. But let me also state another thing very explicitly. Uh, oftentimes, uh, critics, ex-Mormon critics, apologists in the Mormon church, uh, you know, they want to criticize me for the current salary, the current health insurance, the current, uh, you know, compensation that I get. Uh, I want to say very, very explicitly that the money that I receive, even now, as generous as the don my donors and the Open Source Foundation board are with my compensation, uh, the money is not worth the stress and the slander. To be to be called publicly um, greedy, to be called a sexual predator publicly, to uh, be accused of financial improprieties, to have my wife and children dragged into those types of smears and allegations, to, to walk around and to, to, to be intimidated where people try and dox you, where they come to your, your workplace, take pictures of your office and post them publicly on the internet or to dox your home, to post pictures of your home, to intimidate and threat and dox you. The death threats that have been made where, where Mormon apologists have you know uh, shown pictures of me my face with a knife or my face with a gun or a video of people bashing my head in and sharing those publicly and then having my kids and my spouse see it, not to mention the years that my wife and me and my, my marriage and my kids went without health insurance, without therapy, uh, without basic medical care, without retirement. It is not worth it. It is not worth the money. Uh, if I wanted to get rich, I would have stayed in high tech. I would have stayed with MIT. I would have stayed with Microsoft. I would have started my own thing and I'd be retired and wealthy right now. It's not worth it. It's just not. Um, the, the money makes it possible. Doesn't make it worth it. Um, I should also say that um, I, I do think that um, another thing about my compensation, yes, I am getting, I am just now over the past few years starting to make the money that I made in 2004 when I was at the peak of my career at Microsoft at, at 31, 32 years old. I don't remember exactly how old I was. 
But uh, what I'm going to say is this, that, um, that since making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year at Microsoft, I've obtained a master's two, you know, a master two, the equivalent of two master's degree and a PhD. Um, I've worked for companies like Microsoft, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and most importantly, three different times, the Open Stories Foundation board, the compensation committee, committee with me recused. So independently went to professionals and experts and did what's called a salary search where they looked at my experience, looked at my background, looked at my qualifications, looked at my education, looked at my track record leading the Open Stories Foundation, um, looked at the success of Mormon Stories podcast, the podcasting, the other podcasts, and my market value. They independently established my market value through three independent salary searches, which is what we understood to be is the best practice. Uh, consulting our attorney is, is the best practice for establishing the compensation of, um, of a nonprofit executive director. Hello, it's me again, interjecting from the future. And by again, I mean, if you're listening or watching, either way, I'm going to interject again from the future in like a half an hour. I don't know. Welcome to my brain. Um, yeah, I was just doing some laundry and I remembered uh, something John said in this ramble here uh, that made me kind of chuckle. And this is just, I guess, probably me being nitpicky, but I think he was like... Uh, back in I've just I'm just barely starting to get now what I was making back in 2004 with Microsoft at the height of my career so if the height of your career was 200 and some odd thousand dollars then I guess welcome back to the height of your career uh where's that million figure coming from stock options aside because cost of living inflation that's like what two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars well it's not a eighty-five thousand dollar difference anyway just being nitpicky language is fun to me uh the other thing oh yeah take this for what you will all these articles um the the ones you weren't looking forward to and the positive one that uh, inevitably came out <coughs> I'll leave other opinions aside on that. Uh, the Tribune put a paywall on the articles that you weren't really looking forward to, but there was no paywall on the one about how great Thrive is, so take that for what you will, sir. Okay, um, this next clip we have uh, was uploaded February 17th of this year. Uh, it's an interview uh, on the Modern Wisdom podcast uh, with Chris Williamson, uh, discussion with Jordan Peterson. Um, yeah, so let's listen to this one. Complicated. Optimizing for absolutes always ends up in. Cal Newport says this about email. Really interesting insight. He says that one of the problems that you have with anything is when you drive the cost down to literally zero, zero. you end up with a ton of very weird externalities that you didn't. Think of. Right, right. And it, uh, he made some argument that every email should cost five pence. Right, right. And if every email cost five pence, you would receive 90% fewer emails. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the proper, it's very, we've wrestled with that very frequently, building these um, programs to help people. So with my colleagues, both of whom are psychologists, one a clinical psychologist, one a research psychologist, we built personality tests to help people understand their personalities which also produces a couple's report so that you can understand the differences between you and your partner at a temperamental level. And we produce this suite of writing programs that help people write an autobiography and an analysis of their virtues and faults and a plan for the future. And, you know, one question is, well, why not give it away? And the answer is because zero is not the right cost. 
Now, what the right cost is, that's really tricky. Well, that's why you have markets, is to determine what the right cost is. Zero, it's like we've sold way more of these than we would have ever given away, partly because people presume that if it costs nothing, it's worth nothing, and partly because it isn't free. Like, we actually worked, well, one of my partners worked pretty much full-time for 15 years on this at subpar wages making a tenth of perhaps of what he could have made in the private domain like if he would have gone out and marketed his skills because he's a brilliant programmer he has a phd in psychology extraordinarily educated unbelievably accomplished he could have made a fortune in the private in other private endeavors he worked at subpar wages for 15 years before we had any success on this front at all so it wasn't free by any stretch of the imagination it was unbelievably expensive for us to do this. And so then to, and then to say pillory, because somebody might say, well, if you were really interested in the welfare of the human race, you wouldn't be making money off your redemptive endeavors. It's like, what do you know about it exactly? Have you ever tried to build something and market it? Do you have any idea what that entails? Like, first of all, have you built something that works, that's scalable, that would help? You've demonstrated that it worked. You've done all that. And that's like, you're 5% of the way there, buddy, because you think now you've got a good thing that people will line up to use it. 95% of the problem is marketing and communication. Have you ever tried to communicate about a product that you've built? No? And you're telling me that somehow I'm malevolent because I'm trying to make enough money off this to justify its existence, to make sure that I've designed it in a way that people actually want. You can tell that because they'll pay for it in a way that will sustain it and allow it to grow while simultaneously trying to reward the people that developed it. That's all wrong, is it? And you know that. All right. Um, a lot contained in those clips. And I found uh, the comparison between the two, uh, you know, the ideas of valuation in a market and what's a product or, or an individual worth given their expertise in a certain area and what they've done and what they've sacrificed. I, just, I thought it was a great comparison, especially given that um, w one side of it was coming uh, from one of the top uh, minds and voices uh, and hands, because I think writing is important uh, in like philosophy and, and kind of about life in general right now. Uh, I think that's pretty evident. And for obviously the ex-Mormon community and some other ex-communities, uh, not just Mormon, um, <clears throat> I mean, John DeLynn does in a sense have that kind of uh, respect or at least uh, regard for his opinion on, on certain matters in this realm. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was a good comparison. I don't know if I'll really get into specifics on the Jordan Peterson end. I just kind of wanted to put them side by side um <clears throat> so compensation what does it mean compensation uh is a counterbalance it's a recompense for a loss so given that john did sacrifice you know health insurance uh stock options salary you name it whatever it was went into debt by getting degrees and all of that um, so it would seem, uh, given the choice of the word compensation, uh, it is, uh, a, a valid argument to say that 
he is or you are whoever's perspective we're going from here uh is now taking a compensation uh as a recompense for the loss for everything they sacrificed over the last decade plus to get to where they are now given where they could have very easily been had they not made the sacrifices um okay so i think that pretty well establishes what we mean by compensation uh in these conversations um however number two uh another definition of compensation um and you know i don't have uh, extra words for it because i i honestly only thought of the example um i think the, the these videos um the caffeinated and decaffeinated version the transparency videos um are compensation in and of themselves in a way uh i happen to know many many uh journalists especially in the salt lake valley uh uh, I know nationally renowned uh, journalists and editors. Um, so when I first saw these videos, you know, near the end of last year and some of them disappearing and coming back and then other people coming involved to get extra voices, it did seem incredibly sketchy to me, uh, given the industry. And I'm not in the industry. I just have a lot of friends and acquaintances in the industry um so this is more or less an outside view because i'm familiar with how that world operates uh but i haven't been around it for a sec uh, maybe it's kind of changed um but regardless my feeling when those videos came out john uh it did have a, a very like pointed vibe of just wanting to get ahead of the story which from my reflection on my uh involvement uh with the industry is not really a good image um because if you have nothing to hide you have nothing to say before the story comes out before the story comes out sorry i kind of swallowed my words there um they asked the questions that they asked because that was the story had they wanted to know all the positive aspects of thrive and open stories and whatnot they would have asked those questions um oh and you might ask well christopher that doesn't seem like a very well balanced article why not ask both sides of the questions and I think you said it was Peggy that answered that to Clint, maybe. I don't remember the details, but you'll know what I'm talking about. That uh, it was more or less that, you know, additional aspects of the goings on. Uh, we don't really need to make a story that long. Uh, those aren't our questions. Those aren't our concerns. And I think that's a valid approach because... <clears throat> All the positive aspects of Thrive and whatnot are already on display. So, it, like just with the church, they say they have so much good on display. Look at our missionary force. We're donating to this and that and whatever. Um, but just because they have so much good on display doesn't mean that people like John DeLynn won't have questions to ask them and things they want to work through.
<laughs> so, uh, they didn't ask those questions because that wasn't the story. Because that side of the story, if true, would you think we do do positive things? We can get into all that later. Do have a pros and cons list. Um, you know, that story is evident. They didn't need to get to that story. The community or at least a sub part of it, whether or not you think it was ulterior motives because uh, she's also a member. Um, also, I don't want to get into that because I don't remember exactly what you said, but putting a journalist on a display like that, you know, a list of, you know, th- you know, these are good things about her, but I'm suspiciously these things. That's also, John, not... <laughs> it, it just reeks of s- suspicious behavior. Um, and I don't know you and I don't think you have ulterior motives. You were a help to me at, at certain points in uh, my deconstruction, uh, which we need to talk about. Uh, so whether or not you do have something to hide, which personally I don't think you do, um, it's sketchy behavior. So that's probably why people are concerned and I'm telling you this directly because, as I said before, I I grew up around the industry. I just know I know how a lot of those people think, um, and and how stories develop and evolve. Well, there was even something you said in there that was a follow up. Great. I don't know if there were two articles in the Tribune. I don't remember, but that's also part of it. If the first article did well, or they even felt. Uh, they had more questions or the community sent more or you responded and say, hey, you know, we'd also like whatever it is. There's follow ups. That's just how it works. That wasn't the story. I think I've made the point. So anyway, yeah, I don't think you have anything to hide. Um, if 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 that had been the story, it, you know, they would have obviously been like, hey, we'd like to do a community spotlight. You know, that's kind of what they generally do with a positive outlook on a story. Um, anyhow. Okay. Um, quick interjection here. Uh, and if you're on YouTubes, there's a little puppy surprise. <gasps> Cute little puppy. Um, it's the next day. I don't know if I already said that, but while my video was processing, my laptop died last night, so... <laughs> It didn't finish, but maybe kind of a good thing because uh, I was scrolling the onlines and I saw that uh, kind of point proven here. It uh, seems that there were not only one article in the Tribune about all this, but two, and uh, then uh, a third, I believe, because it seems that Tony, one of the reporters, journalists for the Tribune, uh, attended Thrive in St. George to get that uh, that other positive side. So, point proven. Moving on. Say bye to the puppy. Ah, oh, yes. So, and Jordan Peterson talked about this as well. So, your... <clears throat> so, first of all, I think it's pretty cool that you were in at that level at Microsoft. I'm a tech guy myself. I've worked for many tech companies um, and at varying levels as well. Uh, but I'm an Apple guy. Ah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so I, I just I think I wanted to say that because uh, I think that's a cool part of you, great part of your personality, like 
things we can talk about personally, whatever. Um, but as far as this conversation goes, I think it's a bit tired that it, that it, it's bring, being brought up. Um, and there's a little bit of a web here. Oh, I might not remember to touch on all the aspects, but uh, there were uh, contradictions and uh, equal playing field uh, examples uh, or comparisons between what you're going through here with your compensation and your sacrifices in the the example Jordan Peterson gave of his uh, acquaintance or friend or whatever it was, colleague. I hope that made sense. Anyway, <laughs> the reason I think it's a bit tired, and this goes along a lot with uh, how my Mormon story progressed and where I've uh, kind of reached a lot of my uh, approach to things, is I'm tired of it being brought up, uh, not because I think it's annoying um, or anything like that really is that I believe that you, we're just living the reality the only reality that we can have possibly lived right now um when 2004 I think it was I don't know when you made the decision to like opt out and do the Mormon stuff and whatever you can't go back and make a different choice number one and number two uh, it's evident that you can't have made a different choice because you can't go back and do it and B because you didn't. Um, so it's, I think a little silly to lament on, uh, the days of Microsoft and what you could have made and all of that. And I say this also <laughs> because I know exactly how you feel. Um, I worked for Netflix and I started at entry level and I very quickly demonstrated that I should have just started elsewhere. Um, and within, with under a year, uh, you know, it's funny. I went for a supervisor position and I did some interviews. I just wanted to oversee the tech team that I was working for. And, uh, the supervisors approached me and they're like, you know, oddly enough, we don't think you're fit to be a supervisor. However, we do feel that you are fit to take a step above where we even are in the company. Um, it was a very interesting, uh, point in my life. Uh, and so I went through a series of interviews again and uh, it got to the point where the company was like, hey, uh, just so you know, uh, you're going to need to move to California um, if this conversation we have uh, tomorrow goes the way we think it's going to go. And so I had some considerations to make. Um, I, too, could have been at a m pretty high level uh, at Netflix. I was developing some analytical material for how to troubleshoot uh, their app on multiple different platforms, and uh, I was able to give just in-depth information to the engineers that they hadn't been getting before, and they were like, this is great, and I, th where there were just so many good things. And it came to the point where I was in my life. I was still a member. I had a new child. Uh, there was just a lot, <clears throat> and they said... 
you're going to need to move to Los Gatos, California. And I had some decisions to make. And the decision I made was I, this was, it was the apogee of my time with Netflix and I had to take a pay cut and I went to work for Apple. Uh, and that was the choice I made. And I can't have made any other choice and I can't go back and make a different one. I too could have a massive stock option and, and could probably be sitting pretty doing some things for Netflix or another company by now, whatever. That's also another thing you say you could have been with uh, Microsoft uh, and your stock options could be huge and you could be making this and this and this, but you don't know. <clears throat> First of all, you didn't make the choice to stay with Microsoft then so you don't know when and where you may have been presented with another opportunity to leave microsoft <clears throat> you also don't know um if uh no actually i think i think that's it because the the other example is just the same you, you could have left to the, do the mormon thing uh still or you could have left uh to uh work for another tech company you might not have as big a microsoft microsoft stockpile and salary that you think um i think this is an, another fine point your valuation given that your valuation in one market i don't think it translates to another um you might have been in the top of the tech sector then um maybe even still now uh but you might be an entry-level therapist because your background even though you got an education the majority of your background was in the tech sector and i'm not saying you're an entry-level therapist i don't mean that as a dig i'm just saying i don't think valuation in that way always translates so just because you were going to make that much and you don't know you could have continued to make that much, doesn't mean that what you're doing now translates. Um, and uh, I don't mean this as a dig too, but if you were still at that level in the tech sector, you wouldn't you wouldn't have needed Kara to take Mormon Stories podcast further on any platform. So take that for what you will. Um, so yeah, valuation from one market to another, um, where would you still be if you had chosen to stay with Microsoft? Can you have chosen to stay with Microsoft? Are you still worth that much if you needed Kara to take your tech further? What is your worth? Um, now given all that, that might seem like criticism, criticism. I think that's all just food for thought. Um, it's a lot more ways of viewing the reality you have now versus the story you're telling yourself that you could have had. This is a, it's just the reverse of President Nelson's talk, embrace the future with faith. It's just, it's just the opposite direction. It's the past, not the future same same uh, what's the word here distraction from uh realizing what's what your reality actually is um 
so yeah, that's not that's not all a dig criticism. Da, da, da. It's just food for thought. And uh, I can justify saying all that uh, by saying that t- to me, it is evident, and I hope everyone listens to this, that the money that John is making is not worth it. It's just obvious that it's not because he didn't always have the money. He made the sacrifice. That was the choice John made for Mormonism, for ex-Mormonism, for that community. And that's where everyone else is coming from. It was like, John is so great. Look at what he sacrificed. Look at what he gave up. Look at all he has done. Um, da 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 Controversy here, controversy there, whatever, bound to happen. Life is life. Um, but to me, it's obvious that the money isn't the object because you were doing it before the money. You were getting harassed and slandered and your family getting threatened and you're v- v- like, you know what I'm saying. All of that was going on before you were making this, which isn't even what you think you would have made at Microsoft, which again is just a story you're telling yourself. Um, so my point is uh, quit lamenting on the days of Microsoft. Just accept that you're getting a little money now because of the sacrifice you made. Accept uh, that that wasn't the story that the Tribune wanted to tell. Because the other half of the story is already on display and the community didn't care to have that printed because it's already evident. And if they can't see that, that's their own problem, not yours. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that everyone else should uh, should really consider what it means for all the time that John put in before he was uh, taking the money. The money's not worth it. That's evident. Uh, I think this conversation should end. And, you know, one reason I kind of think it should just end, and this is maybe a little too abstract, and I get it. There's an economy. We live in a capitalistic world. uh, This and that, yada, yada, yada. But uh, I like what Alan Watts said about money. And it was like, I think during the gold rush in particular, he was talking about it, is that money is just an abstraction that we've made up, you know, kind of just like the Mormon God that you're saying is just an abstraction that man's made up. Uh, And he said it's uh, it's a method of bookkeeping to obviate the cumbersome procedures of barter, I think is how he worded it. Um... (laughs) which is funny and true. And what are you bartering? Um, Do you have a product? Do you need to barter it for anything? Um, Does it have a value? How do you determine it? Um, We already got into the, you were with Microsoft, are you still worth that, all that, you know? Um, uh, But, you know, I I don't care. I guess what I'm getting at is I don't care (laughs) that you're making money. Good for you. You made a sacrifice. You've gotten to a point where, uh, as long as you're being ethical about it and all this, I haven't taken the time to look up your papers. I've just watched your videos, taken it for what it is. Uh, trusting 
uh, in your ability to communicate as a human, as an orator on the internet, to be transparent um, and uh, communicate properly. Uh, I'm, I guess, more or less uh, giving you the benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm not taking your word on faith, because fuck faith. Um, I uh, We can get into that later. You should have me on your show. I'll watch my language. Or just like have me on as a John Larson and let me swear. Anyway, uh, what was I getting at? Um, yeah. Do you, do you have a product that's worth anything or is it something that should just be given to people like it was before you were making the money? And does it matter that you're making money now because you're still giving it to the people and the people are donating? Uh, so I don't think it matters. I'm tired of the conversation. Money's made up. Uh, John's doing good things. I have some criticisms. So do other people. If you'd fucking listen. Sorry. If you'd listen, if you I'm sure you're listening or other people are. If you'd actually have a conversation with us, the community could get some phenomenal places. <sighs> hmm. So maybe just to wrap things up and hopefully give an example um, of where I'm coming from and that I'm not really trying to critique even necessarily as much as give positive specific feedback and observe. Um, I just feel like there are certain uh, views and questions and approaches that don't really get addressed or brought up. Uh, there seems to be a lot of bombardment on one topic or one uh, issue and whatnot and everything else just gets kind of thrown by the wayside and that's a big problem. Um, so I guess that's kind of what I'm here for to hopefully um, give specific examples of little things I observe um, that could have a major impact that I don't see anyone else talking about, um, that hopefully we can have a conversation about, um, which I think you would understand, um, because we want to have a conversation with the church too. And they don't, they're just, everything's reactionary. So let's change that. Let's be the example. Anyway, um, this will probably just take us into our next topic. And I do this like at risk, uh, quote unquote, uh, because I'm not credentialed. I'm not like licensed. I don't have this education. I've considered it many times. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, when I attended thrive just this last, uh, I, th I don't know if it was the very first thrive or the second reunion thrive or whatever, but it was just this most recent one before he announced the big bubbles that started just here in January. Um, and I obviously, you know, a lot of good, uh, about it. Some things, um, that I bothered me, annoyed me, whatever, uh, obviously not specific enough or worth the conversation enough for me to bring up now or remember. Uh, I just remember varying things, but the one that's really been on my mind since, um, is with, uh, Natasha Helfer's, uh, presentation actually. Uh, and I don't, I actually, I didn't listen to, uh, Natasha's episodes. Um, I read some articles, um, initially about the excommunication and what was going on. Um, and from what I understand about Natasha is that, uh, there is certified sex therapist. I have it up here actually, um, through American association, uh, of all these different things, uh, clinical fellow. I'm assuming this is a licensed 
clinical marriage family therapist or something in three different states, uh, masters of science in marriage and family therapy, bachelor's of science in psychology, like a lot of great things. Uh, obviously a lot of that had to do with their story and their excommunication. Um, but when it came to Natasha's presentation at Thrive, I honestly became concerned. Um, and I've tried to prove myself wrong here. I've tried to go back and find the footage and just say, like, maybe I'm just not remembering it correctly. Um, but, uh, you know, the the uh, presentation isn't uploaded on Mormon Stories, and I haven't found it in any of the groups. Um, none of my searches bring it up. Uh, but the reason I was concerned is because I have, f given how new I am to the space, um, a considerable amount of background and time in meditation. Um, and when Natasha was leading her group meditation, I was just immediately struck with the, the, the thought that, whoa, this is bad meditation. People, when the topic ever comes up, I actually don't talk about it a lot. Uh, but when they do ask people who have tried it or are like afraid to try it, um, they ask, well, can meditation be bad for you? Like, can it have adverse effects? And the answer is yes and no. Um, certain types of medication, medication, <laughs> meditation, um, apps absolutely can have adverse effects because they're not meditation. Um, and I guess I don't want to really get into the specifics of why I think it was a bad approach to meditation, especially given the, the group at hand, vulnerable, confused, identity stripped ex-Mormons. Um, so if we can get that footage uploaded or, or sent to me personally, if we can have a conversation about it, um, I, th I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And I don't know if there's other meditations uh, going on in uh, the bubble thrives or whatnot or who might be leading them. But what I glean from these credentials is that there is no background specifically in the practices of meditation. Um, and I think there needs to be. And I've gone through site and other videos and stuff and uh, I'm not you know, fully versed on Nat Natasha's background, but I just don't see anything listed or uh, have any good examples to draw from. And I haven't had a good experience myself as someone who is very familiar and intimate with what it really means to meditate. Um, now, again, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I tried to prove myself wrong, but I can't find the footage. Um, and I would love to discuss uh, my concerns if they're valid, if if the footage is there. Um, and I would love to give the specifics, um, but I, I don't want to if my memory is just failing me. Um, but I'm willing to go out and say that this was my observation. Meditation is great for everyone. Um, it should be discussed, it should be approached, but are the right people presenting it? Um, 
So that's my observation. That's my wonder. Those are the questions I have. Um, I'd love to hear from literally anyone on the matter. Um, could be John, could be Kara, could be Natasha. Honestly, I would love to talk to any of you. Um, and I guess this is just uh, directly to John. Um, I've emailed you a couple times. You responded once years ago. I don't know if you remember me. I know I've been up and down. Um, that's what it's like to be an ex-Mormon and, you know, uh, you said on, uh, an episode that probably still has your topped, your top most famous guest that you would have me on the episode it mentioned my work specifically. Um, but I, I haven't heard anything and I think I know why, but John, I just think that needs to change. And, I think I'm the one to help change that. Uh, and I think I said earlier on that you have been a positive influence on me. Um, I don't think you're doing anything unethical or suspicious, but just like anything else, I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I just don't know you. Uh, from what I see, there's suspicious behaviors, but not suspicious intent. Um, and I don't, you know, hear anyone talking about that, among other things that we've already mentioned. So whether or not you want to have me on the show, for reasons I think you might know why, um, maybe we just go get a coffee. Like, we live four or five minutes from one another. Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't... I, I'm just going to call it an episode. Because uh, I didn't plan a whole lot of this um and like i said in the beginning i actually you know people from thrive did reach out on my last video um and were thankful for my point of view and hopefully that just continues um and hopefully the conversation in the community at large uh can can become more dynamic let's say um yeah this has been before the crow's nest love y'all